Hi, welcome to the first episode of Scotch on the Balcony, which has been inspired by the best TV show ever, um, in our opinion anyway, Boston Legal. I'm Harry and my partner in crime, Alan, you will hear from in, in just a minute. The original plan uh, when we set off on this course was to have an episode podcast series where we would go through each episode and discuss what is happening in the Poole, Crane and Schmidt family, but also discuss the social aspects of current life, which each episode uh, reflects on. However, as our initial idea evolved, we realised we actually wanted to try and do our own late-night balcony chats as we found ourselves having them anyway. So we'll be putting these up also, where we will be having a few scotches and beers and guests now and again and basically talking about whatever is in our heads at the time. Now, we'll be doing the episodes together, obviously. However, for this first episode, we'll be just talking separately and just to give our, our own personal thoughts on Boston Legal. First, Al, and then, uh, sadly, you'll have to then hear from me. We've done this separately as every time we went to record this over the last couple of months together, we end up going on for hours and hours and totally forgot what we were supposed to be doing and also had too many beers and so on. So... Also, know we've also not listened to each other's recording either, so um, this this will be a bit interesting for us too. And now, Al, I hand it over to you. Hello, everyone, um, and welcome to Scotch on the Balcony. So, I believe from my friend Henry, Harry, however you like to call him, that he wants uh, a few minutes from me on why it is that I love Boston Legal as a TV show. Now, I've had a few drinks, I'm not going to lie to you. But I thought I'd give it a, a bit of a, a crack to start with tonight and then see where we go um, on it. So, as I'm sure most of you know, um, Boston Legal started around 2004. Um, it was a show that originally uh, William Shatner and James Spader had done some guest starring on the uh, previous series of The Practice and had proved so successful or at least certainly James Spader proved so successful when he was in that series, um, the last series of it, that uh, they got their own TV show. Um, I came to Boston Legal probably about, I would say about a year and a half after it started. Um, I was living in London. My I was coming back home to Ireland where my parents are. My father was watching it and he loved it. And I was there one night and he was like, this is a great show. Um, he was a big fan of William Shatner just from uh, Star Trek and TJ Hooker and the kind of stuff that was his era. Um, and I watched one of the episodes and I actually, I thought it was really good. Um, and I went back and I didn't really think much more of it. And then a couple of years later, I caught another episode of the show. Um, probably around the time, I would say, of the third or fourth series. And I thought, this is quite good. And again... It wasn't on mainstream television that I had um, in the UK at the time. It was kind of on, on US TV, so I didn't really um, think more of it. And then I can't, I think I might have been in New York with friends of mine, and I caught another episode. And I thought, I've watched three episodes of this show, and it's been a riot. It's been a hoot. It's been really good. It's been a drama a legal drama comedy it kind of has everything in it so at that point i went and looked online and i bought uh the box set uh, of it at this point the series had finished so i got the the five series box set 
and I watched it from the start for the first time. And I can I can get into just how amazing I thought the show was and the fact that I watched all five series in whatever period of time, which but I have to say it's it's one of the few TV shows I've watched where it had me absolutely hooked from the start, not necessarily from the storylines, but from the characters. So the shows that I love, um, and you know my top three, top five, and Boston Legal is certainly in there. But the one, the, those top ones I watch, when I look back now, it is probably the start. It's more of a storyline that captures me. So it might be Lost or The Sopranos, and it's the storyline rather than the characters initially. Whereas Boston Legal, immediately you knew this was going to be a character-driven TV show. So it was going to be um, Shatner, it was going to be James Spader and, and those characters and uh, the humour of them, which, which I, I, I really thought was fantastic. And when I started to watch the first series of it, one of the things I really enjoyed, um, well, there's many things, but outside of the humour and the storylines was it was unusual of its time because it wasn't afraid to have older people at the front of the storyline. So William Shatner, as a man in his, I, I presume, with Boston Legal in his early 70s in the first series, uh, is front and centre of that show. And you have Jane Spader, who was in his early 40s, front and centre. And then you have Candice Bergen, who's just an amazing actress, um, as one of the name partners that, that comes in. And you have... Um, I can never get his name right, but I will say René Aubergenois. Aubergenois. Um, and he's like the lawyer's lawyer in the show. And for me, it was... I just... I, I love the dynamic, certainly in the first four or five episodes, where you had the younger um, the younger associates and, and lawyers, and they had their own stuff going on. But you also had the older dynamic there as well, which you didn't have in... You know, David E. Kelly, who who obviously was was the creator of the show, and he he'd done Hill Street Blues, and he'd done uh, Ali McBeal, and and I believe the practice. But if I'm wrong, we can come back and edit that. Um, and so they were all. There was an element of the younger people, um, and a young law firm, that kind of thing that was going on. Whereas. With Boston Legal, there was there was a nice balance between the two of the younger lawyers and the likes of a Denny Crane, who was William Shatner, who I'll just call Denny Crane from now on. Um, you'd Shirley Schmidt, who was who was Candace Bergen, um, and you had Paul Lewiston, who was uh, who was the the Rene. I'm not going to say his surname again, but you guys know who he is. Uh, he was in Benson and uh, was it Star Trek: The Space Nine? Anyway, and. From the first kind of... So when I started to watch it from the start, from the first episode, and as I said, I had seen two or three random episodes of it previously. Um, that really struck me, that there was, there, was a, there was a balance between... It wasn't... There were a lot of hot young people in it, but it, that wasn't the focus of the show. Um, the focus of the show certainly in the early episodes, was more the storylines and the and kind of knitting together the fact that you had this Denny Crane character who had been this legend um, in, in Boston as a lawyer. Um, and is he starting to lose it? Is he just getting old and lazy? What's happening? And 
you have these other great lawyers around him, particularly Alan Shore, who's the James Spader character, who, if you watch the practice, and anyone who's watching Boston Legal, I would urge you to stop if you haven't seen them in the practice and go back and watch those those episodes. Um, because over a short period of time, the Alan Shore, and again, I'll, I won't refer to Jane Spader again, it's Alan Shore. The Alan Shore character um, very quickly goes from a point of not making fun of, of, of the Denny Crane older character, but not really, uh, not giving him much credence to stand seeing him in court to see actually on his day what this guy can do. And it's really interesting that most people I know that have watched Boston Legal hadn't seen those episodes in the practice. So when you get into the first episode of Boston Legal, you see there's this massive mutual respect for uh, between the, the older Denny Crane and Alan Shore. But actually, when you watch those episodes of the practice, you can see where that came from. You can see where that grew from. Um, so... As a TV show, I would say, and I'm sure my friend Harry will disagree, I don't... I ask myself time and again, why is it I go back to this show all the time? It's certainly not that it's the greatest TV show ever written, produced, or started. It's still an excellent show. Certainly the first three series... Really, really, really top-notch stuff. And I think every time as to why I go back. And it is always, as much as the other stories are really good, it is the relationship between Alan Shore and Denny Crane. So Denny Crane is the older Republican right-wing guy who certainly in the start of the show can come across as completely obnoxious just an absolute conservative and fuck you if you don't believe what I believe. And then you have Alan Shore, who's this equally annoying person at times where he's a privileged, uh, wealthy liberal. A man who is as happy talking about gun control and, you know, how, uh, you know, America needs to kind of change its gun laws and He's as happy with that as he is getting somebody who is banged to rights and murder off the hook. And he, what they both have in common, certainly in the beginning for me, is a love of the law and a belief that the law is sacrosanct. So if you're there as a defendant, you do everything you can to get that defendant off no matter what. Um, and they become friends even though they have very different political opinions. And it, it's quite interesting um, because certainly for me, when you think nowadays, politics nowadays and life nowadays, um, you have a, an awful lot of people who don't, they don't believe they can be close or be friendly or even debate with somebody who doesn't agree with them. And this show between those two, without going into it, because we're going to go through each episode and but over time, you see that in a lot of instances, they are very different in terms of politics and how things should be. But humanity-wise, they're very similar. So it's that idea that you can be a left-winger 
and a right winger and still actually give a shit about what's going on around you. And it was an, I think as as the reason I keep going back to it, other than the fact that it's a really good show and good storylines is it's that fact. It's, it's that we look at the world nowadays. So, so we take a look at the world now and we see it with Brexit. We see it with Donald Trump. It's been going on probably since George W. Bush and, you know, that kind of you're either with, with us or against us. So you end up in a situation where you have a lot of people who are on one side and a lot of people on the other. And, and everyone's just shouting across at each other. You're wrong, I'm wrong. And the conversations that the Alan Shore and Denny Crane characters had are the kind of conversations, certainly in America, I would like to think people can have now. That, you know, one is a gun nut pro-hunting. The guy's the exact opposite. But they can still have a conversation around it and disagree, but have a drink at the end of the day and still be friends. Um, and that was that was really the thing that first drew me to, to that show. I also have to say, from a purely acting point of view, I know um, James Spader had said as the Alan Shore character, it was his first proper TV role ever. And he nailed it. And I have to say that as much as of a fan I am as William Shatner in Star Trek and I'd see him in, well, TJ Hooker's not an amazing show, but he'd done some good movies and stuff. Um, I think without a shadow of a doubt that this is the best role that William Shatner ever got to play. He plays it perfect because there is an element sometimes of overacting with, with William Shatner that people complain about. But actually his character, who is this... Um, former legend that you know in the boston legal kind of arena um, who may or may not be starting to lose his mind or may or may not just be getting lazy in his in his career because he's in his 70s or whatever and his own frustration and sometimes over dramatization of that is perfect for the character it's absolutely perfect for the character so As an overall, I, my personal opinion is that I think I think it's the best legal show I've ever watched. Um, there are elements of in the show. Again, it's a it's a David E. Kelly show, so there are elements of you have to put reality to the side a little bit sometimes in terms of no, this probably wouldn't happen in a courtroom, but the way it's done, the storylines, and particularly. Obviously, I've talked about the main characters. The supporting actors around it um, are fantastic. And there is great storyline going on between all of them. Um, certainly throughout the first... If we just talk about the first two series, there's, 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 a, there's a good enough storyline between all of them um, that goes on. And the conversation that is constantly happening around Denny Crane, the Shatner character as to even among the lawyers, and you have it in the first episode, is this guy up to scratch? Is he, where is he as a, uh, as a lawyer? Is he, you know, is he past it? What do we do? Um, all that kind of stuff. And it, it's, it's, it's an excellent, it's an excellent show. The thing I like most about it, other than the characters of uh, Denny Crane and Alan Shore, who, just, I mean, to be honest, on their own. And anyone who sees James Spader in the blacklist now knows what I'm talking about. He eats up 
every scene. He is a phenomenal actor. But what really draws me back to Boston Legal every time is it's not, as I said, all about lawyers in their 20s, lawyers in their early 30s. Some of the lawyers that are in there have been, you know, they're in their 60s and their 70s. And it, it really gives a good mix and match. You have, as I said, the Paul Lewiston character, who's like a lawyer's lawyer. Um, and he's kind of, he doesn't really go to the courtroom that much, but he's, he's, he's kind of trying to keep everything on an even keel. And then when the Candace Bergen character comes in, she's there to kind of keep a control on the Denny Crane character and how far gone is he and, and everything else. Um, so I would, I would, I would urge anyone who hasn't watched this show. I would give it three episodes. Um, the first episode I think is brilliant because it, it really does. It's hectic. It's it's like a lawyer's a legal version of like an ER if you remember years ago, where there's so much going on and the camera's moving around left, right, and center. I would give it three episodes of the first series, and I think anybody then who likes those kind of shows will will absolutely be hooked. Um, but it's a the reason myself and Henry, I think, or Harry are, are doing uh, are doing this is each episode really means something to both of us. Um, I really feel like, and again, the show was two thousand and four to two thousand and eight. So when George Bush was there, um, the Alan Shore character at times in in court would give long closing arguments, like a, almost like a soliloquy, like a what do they call it? Like a I haven't got anything to look this up, but like a, like a Shakespeare kind of soliloquy or whatever they call them, monologues, whatever you call them. And he would give them as a closing argument. And some of them were just about the show, that episode. Some of them were about, oh, some of them were about terror and extraordinary rendition at the time in the George W. Bush government, if you remember, Abu Ghraib and all that kind of stuff. So it was very prevalent for its time. And I think it's even more prevalent now given that we have kind of Donald Trump in the White House. I, I, I can only imagine what Alan Shore and Denny Crane would have made of that. Um, but it, 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 was, it was very much of its time, and yet still some of the stuff that they're going through, um, we're still kind of talking about it and dealing about it now. Um, th- there's not many, you know, for you guys don't know me. Um, hopefully you'll get to know me through these podcasts. I don't tend to have, uh, you know, a TV show I'm obsessed about or one that I have to watch. There are lots that I, you know, ones that I do watch. And this was one that once I got into it, it just hooked me. Um, And I still go back to episodes now. um, Sometimes when I'm just feeling like I need to. And, and, you know, there is an element of, of Boston Legal, which is probably, oh, how would you put it? Probably with the Me Too movement, there's a little bit of what you consider sexual harassment or empowerment, where this guy's is in power over, you know, certainly with with the Alan Shore stuff, and I can see that, I can understand that, but uh, it's just a fun show, and that stuff is done in a kind of a fun kind of way, and and as for how people feel about it. Again, watch it and make a decision for yourself. That's my view on this kind of stuff when people get offended about this, that, and the other. Watch it, make your own decision. And if you feel like it's not for you, then don't watch it or whatever. It's you know, it's 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 still on TV and syndicated to this day. So but some of the I know some of the stuff will be problematic. And we'll go through that in the episodes um that we go through uh in you know, kind of in, in the future on that. 
But it was for 2004 to have William Shatner and Alan Shore, sorry, James Spader and Candice Bergen. Uh, and then there was a number of supporting cast that were there that were really, really good. Uh, it was an excellent show. Um, I loved all five series, and I hope you love all five series as well, guys. There's a lot to learn from it. The In the first episode and then from about five or six episodes in for the entire five series run, they, they, do, one, they do one thing where Alan Shore and um, Denny Crane sit on the balcony of the company late at night having a cigar and a scotch and they just talk about what's gone on in their day i.e that episode and for me i love it 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 reminds me of friends of mine such as harry henry whatever it is he's calling us out now where i'd love to have a job and be in a country where myself and harry at the end of a working day can just for an hour sit and have a glass of scotch a couple of times a week and a cigar and just talk about our jobs and talk about life. And that's what Boston Legal was. It was two guys. It was a blue and a red, a left-wing guy and a right-wing guy who didn't agree on politics that often. But when they sat down and spoke to each other, they found common ground. And that is Boston Legal for me. Well, you just heard my friend Al, so no pressure on me at all then. So let's start. Why do I think Boston Legal is, is, is one of the best shows on TV? Well, just so you know, firstly, I, I, I got into it late at the season two when it was um, being shown here on, on television. Um, but it wasn't really until it was, it was over, um, got my hands on the, the DV box set of the full series um, that I that I now religiously binge watch it every 12 months. So I also watch, I also binge watch MASH um, every 12 months as well. So you may be thinking that's a lot of TV um, and it is, but I, I've yet to come across anything which, which comes close to either. Um, and you may not think there's similarities between MASH and um, Boston Legal, but there's a few. It's definitely from, from where I sit. Um, but I also think it may have been an age thing. Yeah, not a mature thing as I'm still working on on, on that, um, and I don't want to sound like a, a dick or give the impression that I'm, that I'm you know intelligent or anything like that, um, but but I am of the opinion you you have to be of I don't know maybe a, a certain way of seeing things um, to be able to true sorry to see through the that what can appear to be that first layer of of absurd immoral um, sexism that, that that sometimes it can come across the show is about if you don't give it any time um, but, but if you do that you know you can't really truly appreciate the show un- unless you get through that that first layer um, also this is not a show I think for a young generation wasn't then and, and and it's not now 10 years later um 10 years since it finished in 2008 I, I have spoken to a few people and i've heard them say you know that it's the show it's nothing but crass and you know and immoral and cheap and you know funny at times but sexist and 
you know, and it's an attempt at comedy with with some ethical questions thrown in for, you know, for depth and, you know, but really, to me, this is the only show that, that, that I ended up sitting there watching the credits after a lot of the episodes, not, not out of any interest in what's on the credits, but that each episode leaves something behind with me. Um, and sometimes I like to think about that for a, for a few minutes, and in some of the best episodes, that you know, that stays in there for much, much longer. But like I said, you need to see beyond that, that top layer, you know, and not everybody can. Um, but I think it's important, especially in today's world of, you know, shout first, um, think later, or not to, you know, think at all. And, and with this obsession that people have of being offended. And, and if you have that obsession of being offended, um, you know, this is, this, is, this is the show for you as well at the other end of the spectrum. Because, you know, again, if you don't get beyond just that veneer on the top, um, and get into what the show, what I think is really about, you know, it's you can be offended and it can come across as being crass and, and absurd and silly, you know, but people need to get beyond that. Um, just, you know, like in, in getting ready and, and, and practicing for, for, for starting this, this podcast series with my friend, um, I purposely didn't watch any Boston Legal episodes except for the pilot. Which, which myself and I, we've already recorded um, our episode where we go through that and we talk about it. Um, and that will be coming up soon when we finish editing. But um, And the reason why I'm doing it this way is I, it's been a while since I've watched any of the Boston Legal um, episodes. Like it's been, nearly, it's been probably about a year. So I just wanted to treat, um, the, to, to treat each episode that comes up with, with freshness. You know, like I'm watching the first episode, watching it for the first time, or it comes out every week. And so, well, that's not necessarily true that I've done that, because, well, I have, the other day I did flick through a few scenes in the first few episodes that I have on DVD, and when I, when I say I, I flick through a few episodes, what I actually mean is that went for about two and a half hours when I was supposed to be working. Um, but I'm glad I did, because it really reminded me again of why I really love this show. Like, in this short Sorry, in short, this show, like, it kind of has everything. Like, I'm, I'm on the back of the DVD, I, 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 have, it, I have it somewhere. Um, and, and here's what it says. It says, uh, Boston Legal takes a fast-paced and widely comedic look at the personal and professional lives of the high-priced attorneys at the law firm Crane, Poole and Schmidt. Okay, well, to me, this is only part of it. You know, they, they don't just, you know, it's not just, a, it's not just about law, it's, it's about, pushing that line which they do um and though it's true this, this is one funny fucking show um from the opening scene of of, of the pilot and i think when denny says he's at, i think he asked one of the partners i think um where he's you know where he's come in from it's like chicago and and then he says i'm like chicago i always had the best sex in chicago <laughs> and this is um this is a I suppose this is an example of, of of some of the comedy that that's in it, but it's so much more. There's so much different types and levels that are in it. I don't want to go into that too much. Or we could be here all day. So, like in every show, you kind of have to have your main 
I suppose protagonists and I mean your your central core. And in that we have Alan and Denny, which in my opinion is is the best couple in TV history. Now, uh, on the surface, these two guys can seem shallow and narcissistic, dick-driven, power-hungry sometimes, um, which they can be. And I think if it if it wasn't for the writing and the secondary casting and the supporting casting and and everything that goes into making a show like this, but mainly Spader and Shatner. Um, that's they may have. That's what they may have come across as is just those these shallow um, characters. But that's not what's happened here. Like the on-screen chemistry between the two of them, both comically and dramatically, is is immense, and it's it's undeniable. Um, and I think we we well, I think anyway, we've we've two actors here who are at their best and most comfortable with each other. And that's why that's why I love watching them together on screen. But as funny as they can be, um, when you look beyond the jokes, you'll you'll see two people who I think are trying to find at times anyway their their place. Um, they're actually very vulnerable characters, really. For example, like they have so many sexual relationships with women, but they struggle to find an emotional connection. And, and as a result, they're, sh- they're they're short and mainly stale relationships, so stagnant even. However, they do bond emotionally with each other. Hence, where we have sleep the sleepovers, which I love. And they have this despite the fact that they can't find this bond with women. And as a result, the two are are closer to each other than they could ever be with anyone. But with Denny, we have an absurdly at times a conservative um, a celebrity lawyer who's unbeaten, but with Alzheimer's, and who, as well getting older, is is wondering where he fits into a world that he was once king of. Where where just saying his own name was enough. Alan, I suppose you would describe, I was trying to think of this, maybe like a hedonistic, intellectual liberal. Yeah, I saw it written somewhere. I thought that was pretty close. But he sounds damn, damn fucking good at, at doing whatever it takes to get the job done. He says that's why he was hired, to do the shit to you. others, like the Paul Lewiston character would never do, you know, as they're trying to be more ethical and, and, and moral. And another thing, I don't recall Alan really using double entendres that much either, like as he because he was such a straight speaker um, when it came to to most things, especially when it came to um, sex, obviously. And but but in general, it's 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 the arc of 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 their journeys, both individually and together, you know, is the main core of of what kept me watching. You know, at, at, if you don't have something like that at the core of any show. Uh, come here, it doesn't it it doesn't work. It's not worth watching, really. But this is because you know you you have these these two men and they just love each other and it's brilliant. 
Like I did say earlier, this was the best couple ever on, tele, on television. Now that, that that's obviously an opinion. Okay, but but there's definitely not another hetero male couple that comes close. Uh, I'm I'm having trouble trying to think of one that was done before, and there may have been attempts since, but you know, but no cigar, you know. This was two men, though, though having a lot not in common, loved each other in an honest, tender, loving, fun way, and, and that went beyond just being best friends. Like, they may have been the loves of each other's lives. I, um, I, like, to, I like to think so anyway. Now, the, other, the other thing which I thought um, was near perfect through the, through the five series was the secondary cast. I'm not referring so much to the supporting the supporting characters that would come in now and again for an episode or two, but there was a huge litany of supporting cast, or sorry, secondary cast, as, as as that's what I call them. Now at the top of this pile, who was just as important, obviously, was Candice Berg, Bergman as, as Shirley Smith. She she was amazing, she was brilliant in this, just brilliant. I also think probably by far the sexiest on the show. It was an interesting character because she also kind of stood for, you know, she was unattainable to Alan and, and Denny, which I thought was, was was very important. But the three actors together, they were so good together as they dealt with each other, especially in the in, in the later series, the, the, the latter two series, seasons especially. One of the best episodes I think is the episode where they dealt with Shirley's father's um, latter stages of Alzheimer's uh, you know it, it's one it's still one of my favorite episodes of of anything I remember last time I watched this it was you know I, I remember just I think probably most times I watched it not every time as the credits are rolling and even afterwards I'm just sitting there thinking whoa because it is it's one of those episodes and it's 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 one of those performances within an episode, which is because there's so much going on within the Boston Legal episodes. Because you know mo- most of them have two, three different stories within each episode. You know that one's just one that I was stuck out and just went wow. But the show could do this to you, you know, if you let it in. You know, I had some fans, some people say, oh, well, you can, one of the things I like, well, you can jump in at any episode. And, and yes, you can. But what I have found <coughs> by standing at the, at the pilot and working your way through is that there's so much of, of character development and, and not even character development, but you get to know more about each of the characters. And, and they're hidden. A lot of the stuff is hidden in this show. So it's better to start from the start and then just let yourself fall in love with them. Um, as as I did, and like no matter who the secondary cast was, and and some of them weren't there too long. I mean, I always felt involved. Like the, the I don't know if it was just me, but the Jeffrey Coho character, I, I would have liked to have stayed a lot longer. Um, I thought him and Brad, and it bounced off each other really well. And I thought it was an, it was there was a lot of interesting stuff going on there. I'm on the Buzz Lightyear um, episode and scenes with with the two of them were just, man, just some of the funniest stuff. I mean, it is just so funny. Um, but in the fancy dress scenes, I think in general, were were always brought a smile to my face and 
um, very funny. Like when Alan dressed as Shirley, and of course the flamingos. It's just, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just brilliant stuff. I do wish Jeffrey had stayed had stayed a lot, around a bit longer though. Uh, it would have been interesting to see if they could have done more there. So as I'm saying, I'm just remembering the. the uh, I can't remember which episode it was when 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 Brad what was it? Brad used to always say, yeah, I'm a Marine. I'm a, you know you know, I'm a Marine. Or an extra Marine. Is that what he said, I think? Um but the one where he got stuck in the vent because you know <laughs> the police the police say, Yeah, yeah, in you go. Yeah, and he gets stuck at the vent and it's oh it's just <laughs> I've to stop now, I need a drink of water now, I'll get giggles. Hold up. Alright, but but uh, well like I said the show did that but it wasn't just one of these legal comedy kind of shows with a bit of drama like it did ask some serious questions and I can only say from my point of view um, I I always felt like it, it didn't answer it didn't answer them plainly kind of left that up to you a bit which is what I was kind of referring to that after some of the episodes, you know, it gets stuck in your head for a while, sometimes a long time. And like for example, like the what appears to be, you know, the, the sexual antics of Alan and Denny, like peacocks in the in the workplace and so on. You know, it's I've always felt it was there not to promote it or to say it was okay, but it was just to ask the question. And you can't ask a question without showing it, and I think that's what they did here. Um, not not to agree with it or disagree with it, but to show it and say, well, hey, what do you, what do you think? Mixed in with everything else that was going on from a, a ethical and moral and, and, and you know society-based questions that were thrown out and, and discussed and, you know, because... And a lot, and a lot of them actually, are, are, a lot of them are still relevant today. Fucking even more so. You know, it's it's over ten years, and yet I kind of feel a lot of these things we haven't, we haven't moved on a lot. We're still talking about it, and we're not getting any further. Like, um, and so, but by, by watching this show and and then discussing it, you know, we can we can figure out where. where where we stand on things, or even if that means we're not realizing that we don't know, you know, realizing that we don't know enough about something. So, and, and this is one of the reasons why I decided to do this podcast series um, with my friend. But as for the main questions that are kind of asked through the series, are, you know, a lot of it's about ethics and the, the complexity of of what can sometimes seem like very straightforward, right versus wrong as well as I suppose our relevance as we as we get older dealing with that um and then obviously the stresses of success and sacrifice and the sacrifice for success that, that that can have on us but you know they're kind of general things and I think they deal with them you know they deal with them brilliantly and this obviously doesn't include the things that they they point to in in each individual episode um and then again, as 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 more new and diverse characters came into the show, 
we ended up with more more diverse and sometimes difficult questions and there's very i can't there's no other show i can think of that i enjoyed so much that would also have that serious side to it like the first episode alone which is obviously the only one i've really kind of watched in in preparation for this what's probably gonna take you know at least two years to do probably um but like the first episode alone deals with a case where a black girl doesn't get the part of Annie, even though, you know, she's the more talented one. Now, obviously, we've we've had a remake of Annie, but like this would have been two thousand and four, so that was like fourteen years ago. But when you watch it, it's not straightforward. It's not just it's not it's it's not a simple issue of 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 discrimination. There's more to it. There's the complexities of of this kind of thing within the current capitalism-based world that we live in. And then obviously the second case you have is, is, is you know, I don't know if you want to call it a typical custody battle, but it's one where it is typical in that you, we have one spouse using their kids to, um, against the other for revenge or, or, you know, out of jealousy or something like, you know, for whatever other reason. And the custody case itself is a great example of asking when ethics trumps, no pun intended there, um, <laughs> um, when ethics uh, trumps the right thing or when does the right thing trump ethics. Like, where where is that line? Or the right result, you know, if, if it's a, a business thing, depending on where you're standing. So we do discuss this this case in this episode, obviously, in, in, in and its re- relevance more depth in the next episode but this is just an example of what happens in this world and and nothing is as simple as, as straightforward as we want it to be well sometimes it is or, or at least it should be but it's it's not sorry i'm starting to ramble now and, and sorry too many stuff is, is popping into my head so um i think i'll finish um i'll finish off now so as a man in my 40s in today's world in getting ready for this i've i think i've realized why this is such an important important sadly overlooked show it's it's not just the teams they talk about but it's it's the the balcony scenes have never seemed more relevant to me than, than ever because here we just have two people at the end of a day or maybe after a few days you just take a few minutes to have a scotch and a cigar and have a chat. Now, on on the show, we're only seeing a small a small chat. But to me, it's always, you know, pointed towards a longer chat. And I think it's something we are realizing more these days as we as we learn more about mental health, and we learn more about the stresses of today. Um, just how important and how difficult it can be um, to have these quality chats with people or even to have these people in our lives. Um, I don't think most people do. I know um, most men that I've been speaking to leading up to this very interested about this idea because they don't have someone. They find it very hard. And like myself personally, who who you know who has had who has issues with depression for as long as I can remember, you know I, I realize the difference that that this can make um, to everything. 
like, and that's that's the, probably the saddest thing is now if this show was if you tried to make this show now, community couldn't. Uh, where would it get? There'd be fucking blue murder and protests, and if this was to be started on mainstream television, you know, or even Netflix or any of them. I think this is why this show is probably needed more than ever and needs to be get back on television and needs to be get get back into for people to watch and discuss and yeah I don't get offended but more so to discuss. Also another fact that that I love about this show and it's probably one of the reasons why I ended up buying the box set actually and and it's because that even though it was actually I think it was cancelled after four seasons but Kelly got it remade or got the fifth season uh, done got him oh but he got to finish the story off and to me anyway that's very important because it's that arc from from the pilot episode to the last episode and the journey that that we go with them the same as any other tv show i suppose is very important so just to finish off before i go so just a few of my 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 top ones from from boston legal so my favorite um my favorite supporting character, I was thinking about this yesterday, and it's just, again, it's just too many. I do think from, I think one of the, one of the most important in the, in, in the early stages anyway, I think is Daniel Post, which, which is played by Michael J. Fox. Beautifully played, as most, you know, most things are, but Michael J. Fox. And it's a very important character, which I'm going to be looking forward to, to discussing um, further down the road. From a comedy point of view, Tom Selleck, Tom Selleck's Ivan, I mean, that's just, he should be in every episode of everything, gotta love that guy, <laughs> that's just, you know, just chuckling away though, just thinking about it, he's brilliant in it, uh, best fancy dress outfit, I mean I think I mentioned it before, was was when Alan dressed as Shirley, oh fuck, that was just funny, but, but you gotta love the flamingos. My favourite episode, I mean, this will change as we go through the series and as I remember more and more. The one that keeps flashing into my head lately was um, the one, I, I wrote it down, I wrote it down here. It's the one where Denny, um, Son of the Defender it's called, it's the one where you get flashbacks to Denny as a, <coughs> as a, as a younger lawyer. And it was just something about that, about that episode that just, um, that just really sticks out and keeps popping back into my head. But I suppose as we we go through these episodes, that'll change. Um, and like I said, I'm looking forward to getting that ep- to that episode as well. Now, my favourite speech now, I didn't mention these, right? Because I think Alan's going to probably discuss these at length because he, he does love going on about uh, Alan's closing speeches especially. And they are pretty awesome. It's only lately that it's it's kind of reminding me a bit of, of a certain John Oliver and, and his, his deep dives. I, I think the the one that probably sticks out is the one where he he talks about abuses of government. If you if you you'll find it out there, I think it's copy on YouTube or something. It's it's out there somewhere. Find it, listen to it. Still, still relevant today, if even more so. As as for that, finally, I'll just finish up my five of balcony scene. Again, like the secondary characters and everything else, it's just you know there's too many. But what what I the, the two that and I can't remember which episodes they're in. I am. Um, there was one where Denny and Alan, obviously Denny and Alan are talking. Denny says, "I think Denny says I'm unfaithful," and and Alan turns around and, and just says to him, "Not to me." You know, and then I can't 
can't remember, but I remember the one where where Danny is jealous of of Jerry, Jerry Espenson. It was actually played by one of James Spade's um, best friends, uh, Christian Clemenson, I think his name is. You know, and, and that's it's just I remember it's just, I mean, they're just beautiful scenes, and I think some of them are very important. I think in general, and and some of them are are just very important in relation to the into the into the show and the story and um and love the two guys so yes i'm here that's 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 me finished now so um i hope you enjoyed listening to my ramblings about about a show that that we that we love dearly and we think is so important and really looking forward to to doing all the rest of them which i've just realized is another 102 podcasts so that's going to take myself and al a few years to do we'll be back next week with our balcony chats and our and our, our first boston legal episode discussion so again thank you for listening and please f- feel free to get in contact with any comments advice questions abuse um i will get better or, or i hope that's the plan anyway so we're on facebook and twitter and you can email us on scotch on the balcony at outlook.com if you wish um, so thanks and goodbye and see you all soon Bow bow ba ba da ba da now now Bow bow ba ba da ba da now now Bow bow ba ba da ba da now now Bow bow ba ba da ba da now now Bow bow ba ba da ba Bow bow ba ba